The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Please welcome Mr. Fretz. What's going on, peeps? It's Mr. Fretz. Now, I've got a couple of programming notes to cover before I go along with this week's episode of the podcast. First, as you may hear, and as you may now look down at your phone and on your calendar to double check the day, this is a Friday, and Fretzelmania will now be moved to Fridays as of April 23rd, which also happens to be my birthday. Mr. YLP himself has now taken Saturdays to cover the news of the week to start your weekend right in proper YLP fashion with a big old plate of hot news. Also, from this podcast going forward, Fretzelmania will be solely focused on retro reviews. Uh, as you may have been following for the past few months now, I am going through every Monday Night Raw and every pay-per-view, not the UK ones, in 2001 to eventually cover the Invasion era. We are almost there. Uh, this coming Sunday on Wrestle Addict Radio will be my 20-bell salute for Backlash, as well as the movies and TV shows and whatnot that came out during April 2001. Only available on Patreon. So if you want to know my thoughts on Backlash, on the ultimate submission match between Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit, and the Duchess of Queensbury rules match between Chris Jericho and William Regal. What is a Duchess of Queensbury rules match? Well, subscribe to Patreon and find out. Also, Fretz's Fave 5 will be making its triumphant return to the Patreon page in the coming weeks. I can't give you a concrete date of when that's going to be quite yet, but keep an eye out for it very, very soon. If you have a list, a topic you want me to cover on the Fave 5, please reach out to me on Twitter, on the Facebook page, even on Instagram. Uh, send me a DM. I will mostly check it if you send me a Twitter DM, a Facebook message, or if you are in our Patreon chat. Which, by the way, Patreons, if you're not a part of that, you get uh, all that stuff, all of our exclusive shows, 15% off of our merch on Spring. And keep an eye out because Mr. Fretz will be having some fresh new merch coming out in the coming weeks as well. Especially as we get into the summer months. As we get to suns out, guns out. As we get to beach season. I live on a beach, so that is very apt. You'll be getting fresh new looks from myself and all of us. As well as a group chat with some amazing people inside and outside of Wrestle Attic Radio. Like... Hashtag Wade Cares, Warm-Hearted Wade, Quarantine Gene himself, Wade, and Kavita, and so many more. Get to know us on a personal level and laugh with us and share memes and get some exclusive stuff. So please, if you aren't a Patreon, hit us up. It's only five bucks a month, and that's about seven bucks a month Canadian. So if you're up here in the Great White North, it's not too bad for you here as well. Now, we're not wasting any more time. We're going back to 2001. So dial up your 56K modem, plug in your Nintendo 64, 
make sure you have the expansion pack so you can play Majora's Mask and Donkey Kong 64. And join me on April 23rd, 2001 for an episode of Monday Night Raw that took place on my 17th birthday. What was I doing for that? Well, you're just going to have to uh, survive this commercial break and find out. And welcome, everybody, to episode 24 of the Fretzelmania podcast, 37 in a row. Happy birthday to me, and happy birthday to John Cena, and also Valerie Bertinelli. I'm Mr. Fretz. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E mania. This podcast can be heard on Russell Audict Radio, The Cure, for the Common Wrestling Podcast across all common listening platforms. Today, Monday Night Raw, from April 23rd, 2001, the day I turned 17. As the day you are hearing this, I will be turning 37. And if you've seen the movie Clerks, you will know my fascination with the number 37. I've been waiting since I was at least 15 to do the 37 bit. I'm 37? My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks in a row? Hey, Randall, 37? Yeah, in case you can't tell, Clerks is uh, one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. I got to meet Dante, you know, Mr. 37 himself, and actually Jason Mewes, Jay, at uh, my first Comic-Con in 2017, so uh, that was fantastic. And they knew where Sable Beach was, and I was both impressed and horrified at the same time. Now, just to give you a bit of backstory here, uh, it was my 17th birthday, and before Monday Night Raw that night, of course, uh, my girlfriend at the time and I went bowling. You know, my mom uh, chaperoned us because I did not have my license to drive a cute girl around. Lame. You know, we had a good time. We went out for dinner. I think it was probably just something simple like Pizza Hut or McDonald's or heck, even Bowling Alley nachos or something. I can't remember specifically. And on the way home, you know, we were just talking about, I don't know, random shit. And hey, what about my, I hope on my 18th birthday that you and I are going to be together and in the same spec and, you know, in the same kind of thing, maybe doing something again. And, well, lo and behold, spoiler spoiler alert, uh, we broke up before March of 2002. So we lasted about a good 15 months. You know, she was an absolute sweetheart, but hey, you know, that's high school romances for you. Most of them are destined to not last. Now, back then, Monday Night Raw started at 9, so my sweetie had already gotten picked up by her dad and went home. And I had my room all to myself to watch Monday Night Raw with a little bit of popcorn, a little bit of the bubbly. I mean, maybe it was pop because I was 17. I was still two years away from being able to buy my drinks legally. But there we go. So one thing I'm going to be doing with my 
raw reviews here, my retro reviews at least, will be one thing I remember, one thing I forgot, and maybe one thing I would do differently. Now, I know those of you who listen to the Cultaholic Classic Raw and SmackDown podcasts are raising an eyebrow right now saying, Frets, are you stealing Tom Campbell's idea? Well, no, because people have been reviewing Monday Night Raw's and Classic Wrestling forever. However, uh, yes, the remember the remember and forgot bit are from that, but I'm also going to make it mine by saying something that I would do differently on this show. It would require a lot of fantasy booking, and by the time I get to the end of the Invasion era, I will be rebooking it or attempting to rebook it because everyone and their mother who has a podcast and a YouTube channel has done so, and there is not much originality left in terms of that particular fancy booking. Anyways, the show starts with a SmackDown recap where Kane and The Undertaker are jumped by Steve Austin and Triple H. The Brothers of Destruction set William Regal's office on fire, including his beautiful, precious ficus. Finch, that's a jizz-free ficus. And... They say that we want Austin and Triple H. Yes, but first, why don't you beat Edge and Christian for the tag team titles? Again, the Brothers of Destruction are jumped before their match. However, they manage to defeat Edge and Christian to win the tag team championship. After the champs miss a concerto and Edge eats a last ride, And for the second time in his career, I believe, The Undertaker is the tag team champion. And Kane is also for the second or third time in his career. I think he had two runs with Mankind in 1998. But for the first time ever, the Brothers of Destruction have tag team gold. Now on to... Monday Night Raw from Denver, Colorado at the Pepsi Center, a venue that I have been to. Now, I have been to Denver, Colorado twice. I went on uh, two road trips through the United States in my life, and both times I wound up back through Denver. One trip was to Denver and back for a Five Iron Frenzy concert, and the second time was passing through Denver to get to the West Coast, the Grand Canyon, and and that whole deal. It was a really, really fun trip. Denver is a really lovely city, by the way. It is nice. Uh, Zach, I think you were there relatively recently. Uh, I could have recommended you some really good eating spots in the Mile High City. But Taker and Kane have an in-ring promo where Taker says that we've never been known for our sense of humor It's not been a decade of laughs for me, but a decade of destruction. However, Triple H said something that I thought was really funny. He says that him and Austin are the two most dominant men in wrestling. And I found that kind of funny. And Kane grabs the mic and says, you know, know, I find that kind of funny too. I'm laughing on the inside. And just the visual and hearing a big masked man say something like that like i'm laughing on the inside was kind of funny kane 
especially during this time, is so, so underrated. So the Brothers of Destruction throw the gauntlet down to the two-man power trip for a fight. But instead, Edge and Christian come out. They start cutting a promo to asshole chants. Uh, this crowd, by the way, in Denver, they're hot. I don't know if it's the uh, the altitude, which, you know, Edge and Christian here allude to. Maybe the thin air is affecting your brain, much like the Reekazoids here in Denver. <laughs> Reekazoids. I friggin' love Edge and Christian, and just reliving them through this uh, this time is absolutely hilarious. The Brothers of Destruction accept a match against Edge and Christian, but swerve, bro. It was a setup all along. The two-man power trick come in, wielding chairs, hitting Kane's already injured arm, which has been bandaged that Kane is selling, and <laughs> they even hit a low blow with a chair right to Undertaker's taint, which looked uh, kind of awkward and painful. Meanwhile, at WWF New York in I'm Not Booked Tonight, a taxi pulls up to reveal Mick Foley. Vince and Steph are watching the TV from their uh, from their room. It's like, you know, what is he doing here? It's like, he'd do anything for free food. Well, me too, Steph. Me too. Spike Dudley versus Rhino. For the Hardcore Championship on the SmackDown just before this, Rhino defeated Kane to become Hardcore Champion thanks to interference from the two-man power trip. On Sunday Night Heat, Crash defeated Just Incredible. Oh, and speaking of X-Factor... Yo, you dealing with the X Factor. I got everything I ever yo, wanted, and I'll never yo. get that back. They make their way to the ring to watch this ring, as they have an invested interest in this match at Backlash the following Sunday. X Factor, X Pac, Just Incredible, and Albert will be facing the Dudley Boys, that being Spike, Bubba, and Devon in a six person tag team match and I just wanted an excuse to play Uncle Cracker Apron Bump Podcast this one is for you Bubba Ray and Devon are on commentary for this match and the crowd heat for X-Pac is real they chant X-Pac sucks despite the fact he is not even involved in this match. The hate for Sean Waltman in 2001 was legit. There's a whole lot of plunder, a lot of weapons, a lot of trash cans, bin lids, a boot to the face with a bin lid. Ouch. A Spike Dudley hits the acid drop, aka the Dudley dog, on Rhino, but Albert prevents the pin, and eventually Rhino hits the goal! Gore! And what a sell by Spike Dudley here who flips and crumbles. His crumble physics are, are something else here. And after the match, the Dudley boys get a little bit of heat back with a 3D on Just Incredible. There was another SmackDown recap, this time showing Kai and Tai and the APA 
defeating the right to censor, who have been on a little bit of a losing streak. And they have a pep talk backstage saying they know that they've been losing, but tonight we fight to win. Right to censor versus Kai and Tai, who come out on the stage and then leave for no reason for a couple of seconds, only to get Broncos John Elway jerseys on for the cheap pop and Denver Broncos flags. They cut their badly dubbed anime <laughs> um, dubs here, and Taka says, You are repetitious! Nothing more than pathetic men who say the same thing over and over and over again! Hands the mic to Funaki. Indeed! You see, it's funny, because Kai and Ty are exactly the same. Lol. And by the power of John Elway, your good is nothing compared to our evil. And JR says that uh, Right to Censor's losing streak has been longer than Paul Heyman's streak with females. Me too, man. Me too. It has been far too long. <clears throat> so that is nothing but pure domination by the right to censor. We see a super leg drop by Bull Buchanan, but at the same time, the good father is going for the hoe train, or maybe the uh, the good train, the, uh, the women of not ill refute train, the good girl next door train. I don't have a title for this. Uh, but because of this, uh, Goodfather misses the, the not-ho train, and Bull Buchanan crouches himself on the top rope, and there is some dissension. Taka goes for a crossbody, but Bull catches him, and then Funaki dropkicks his partner's back onto a pinning position to pin Bull Buchanan, but while Funaki is whirling out of the ring, he sneaks his hand on the foot um, of, of Bobby Cannon for the Bobby Heenan Rick Rude spot from WrestleMania 5 and a cheap win for Kai and Tai. Holy crap, right to censor is going down the tubes because the pending lawsuit between the WWE and the PTC is about to finish. The PTC did nothing wrong. At WWF New York, Mick Foley is in a private suite with a big glass of M&Ms. I have to get 4,000 brown M&Ms to fill a brandy glass, or Ozzy wouldn't go on stage that night. So, we go to the candy shop, and it's closed. But they got this bloody Bengal tiger. And eventually, the shopkeeper and his son they're all a different story altogether. I had to beat them to death with their own shoes. Except it wasn't that. It was Mick Foley with a big plate of M&Ms, a giant wing platter, which he says to uh, put on the McMahon family's tab. LOL. Backstage, the Big Show and Vince have a bit of a backstage kerfuffle here, saying that, you know, I'm the biggest disappointment that you've ever seen. They have a last man standing match booked with Shane McMahon at Backlash. And it's like, have you considered what may happen to Shane at Backlash? 
Stephanie McMahon is also backstage with her father here. And the big show gets a tape out here saying, I, I have to show this to you. And it's uh, Jeff Hardy and Test uh, backstage at SmackDown. Test is wishing Jeff Hardy good luck in your match with Triple H tonight. And about Steph, yeah, I can't tell you how many times I wanted to do that. Oh, and, and what was it here? Uh, Jeff gave Stephanie the twist of fate. And uh, <clears throat> Stephanie's like, I almost married that creep. Except then you were roofied and forcibly married to your current husband behind the wheel at a drive through wedding chapel. Do you see that some of this stuff does not age very well at all? You were better off. Test was the nice guy. Triple H was the guy that your parents warned you about or forbid you from seeing. William Regal is in a new posh new office backstage. Kurt Angle comes in and says that Chris Benoit is going to go down faster than Terrell Davis on opening day. Oof. Oh, that one hurt. <laughs> if you're a Broncos fan, that is. And they're both putting over their respective matches at Backlash. Chris Jericho and William Regal having a Duchess of Queensbury rules match. And Benoit and Angle in the ultimate submission Iron Man match. Oh, oh man. I can't wait to talk about this one. And once again, living in Denver with the altitude, the Mile High City, having less brain cells because the altitude is mentioned here by Kurt Angle, because that is the cheap heat when you're in Denver. Again, a lovely city. I would go to there in a second. If anyone is listening to this and you uh, haven't been to Denver and you want to go, absolutely hit it up. Uh, go to Rocky Mountain National Park. It's just an hour and a bit outside the city. You'll wind up in a little village called Estes Park, and I highly recommend going there. They have a nice little coffee shop along the river called Kind Coffee. And somewhere in the outskirts of that city between Estes Park and Denver is Dave's Smokin' Barbecue, a fantastic, mwah, magnifique barbecue joint with great pulled pork and great brisket. I'm a butcher's kid, so when it comes to meat, I'm kind of a snob. Backstage, Michael Cole is in front of the medical office saying that Taker and Kane have been shut down for the night. Wait, so are they Ontario now? Or, okay, so no chance plays, but Vince McMahon doesn't walk out to the ring. But Triple H and Austin, the two-man power trip, coming out to cut a promo, get some heat, and say to the Brothers of Destruction that your asses belong to us. This promo is interrupted by the Hardy Boys, of all people, who have been taking a beating from the two men, who say that they'll keep coming back. We took an ass whooping, but we won't stop. You called us out? We'll f well, figuring since we're still alive, and unlike your usual attacks, You'll see us coming. Bong. The Brothers of Destruction come out. And once again, 
It was a setup all along. And the Brothers of Destruction get the fight here. They escaped from the local medical facility to confront and kick the asses of Triple H and Stone Cold Steve Austin. In my bag is something that'll help tonight. No, it is not my new book, Foley is Good, available everywhere May 8th. But as a contract from when I was still commissioner, I can make any Monday Night Raw main event. And what better night than tonight? The two-man power trip and Edge and Christian will go up against the Hardy Boys and the Brothers of Destruction. Tag Team Submissions Only Match. Benoit and Jericho against Regal and Angle. And of course, match graphics for their respective backlash matches are shown. Chris Jericho is on his way to the ring with the microphone. He cuts a promo saying that nobody knows more about duchesses and queens than William Regal. And he's like, you know, what does the Duchess of Queensbury look like? Cut to a photoshopped picture of William Regal as kind of a queen. Okay, I'm going to get medieval on your ass. And there is a big schmoz here. Several different submission attempts in their respective submission holds. Benoit with the German suplexes and a mwah, release dragon suplex. A young Kenny Omega takes note. And eventually Benoit locks the crossface on Regal who taps out Benoit. And Jericho win the match. Backstage, Trish is being interviewed by the coach. And there was this weird thing that was alluded to on Heat. Uh, Trish's dating game. Dinner, a dessert of strawberries and cream. And then they get to watch me run around the room half naked. And she just kind of skips past that part as if it was nonchalant. Like, wait, wait, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, this is the Divas and Hedonism video. And coach, I think there's a part that you like. Whisper, whisper, whisper. And the coach is just in the inside. He's like, damn. And in the words of Mr. YLP, I bet he's also like, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. Big Show versus Test. This is, of course, from Test's backstage kerfuffle with the McMahon family and Test. Uh, Test hits a flying elbow. Nope. A boot. Nope. Shane interferes with a chair shot on the big show. A boot over the rope, and we have a DQ. A bit of a schmoz finish here. And backstage, Vince is pissed off looking for Shane McMahon. But sees his old pal Trish, his former mistress, his former side hoe, and Vince tells Trish to take off her clothes. No, you're going to be in a match with Ivory, and if you lose, you join the right to censor. Excuse me. Kids, hydrate yourself, especially if you're going to be impersonating Vince McMahon. JR 
and Paul Heyman are chatting away about the show, while a bunch of drunken frat boys are making asses of themselves behind them. Next, we have a six-person tag team match being set up. An interview with Raven, Steve Blackman, and Grandmaster Sexay. Raven says that the, def that the definition of radical, he says what it is, and says that the radicals aren't that. Fate, destiny, and pain is just kind of a quote that Raven has been trying to get over as of late. So here it is. The Radicals versus Raven, Sexay, and Blackman. And on heat just before this, Raven and Saturn have a match. The flock implode, and Saturn, of course, wins with a distraction and the patented three-handled family credenza. Yeah, say that ten, ten times fast. Raven and Eddie for the European title at Backlash, except that didn't happen because Matt Hardy would defeat Eddie on SmackDown for the European title the night after this. Saturn rolls over Raven. Eddie cradles Raven. There's a lot of wacky stuff here. But yeah, Eddie gets a cradle on Ra Raven and wins. The right to censor argue backstage. Spoiler alert, they would be breaking up on SmackDown this week. So I got something for my 17th birthday besides a uh, bowling trip with my girlfriend and a smooch. So that <laughs> that turned out pretty well. So Paul and JR try to outdo each other with the sponsorships. Monday Night Raw tonight is brought to you by Bram Auto Filters. Oh yeah? Well, Monday Night Raw is brought to you by Foot Locker, House of Hoops, Sassafras, Oh, yeah? Running Night Raw is brought to you by Twix. It's all in the mix. And I want to see Trish in the mix with the RTC, Jim. And right now, speaking of that, uh, Trish and Ivory have a match. It is all Ivory here. And eventually, Trish wins with a Bulldog, but completely whiffs on it, botches it, misses the Bulldog, but still... Wins the match, leading to dissension and the breakup of the right to censor. This is the last Monday Night Raw of the right to censor. Hallelujah! Finally, Triple H hype up Edge and Christian backstage to, you know, to turn the voltage up. Uh, the Brothers of Destruction hype the Hardy Boys. And this is some big time foreshadowing for a year and two months after this, Jeff Hardy and The Undertaker would have that infamous ladder match. Climb the ladder, kid! Make yourself famous! We see a highlight for the XFL Championship, the million-dollar game between the Los Angeles Extreme and the San Francisco Demons. This is won by the LA Extreme by a score of 38-6. to uh, they show clips backstage of uh, the coaches. Don't let up. There are 30 football minutes left in this game. Uh, not to be confused with 30 American minutes. Shout out to the American Minutes podcast on ambiguous podcasting solutions. Willie T. Willie Tereshuk. Come see us next year. Oh. Awkward. Main event time. Edge and Christian and the two-man power trip versus the Hardy Boys. And the Brothers of Destruction, Castrol GTX presents Backlash. 
this week on the 20 Ball Salute only on Patreon. So if you want to find out my thoughts on Backlash and some of the movies that came out in April 2001, um, one of them is Freddy Got Fingered, Tom Green. Oy, yeah, let's not go there. <clears throat> there is pure domination here by the two-man power trip. A poetry in motion, a leg drop to the junk, a lot of plunder, a hot tag to the Undertaker, who is kicking Austin's ass and hits an amazing beal to Triple H. Kane comes in with the flying clothesline on Austin. The crowd is hot, even chanting, Austin sucks. Something in 2001 I don't remember hearing too much but now that i'm going to be going through the rest of this year maybe i'll hear it some more especially during the actual invasion matt hardy and triple h are having a good bit here a choke slam to triple h edge and christian pull out the undertaker matt hardy gets stunned behind the referee's back for the win holy smokes this was just a never, not a never-ending, but a constantly hot match with a constantly hot crowd. That is it for this episode of Raw, but before I bid you adieu, a goodbye and good night, I'll give you what I remembered, and that was, of course, the William Regal Queensberry Duchess <laughs> bad Photoshop. Something I forgot... Despite the fact I covered it briefly last month during the WrestleMania X7 pre-show, the tag team of Steve Blackman and Grandmaster Sexay, as of course when Scotty Tuhati went down with an injury and Steve Blackman was kind of aimless. They both were, but they didn't last long because this is one of the last appearances of Grandmaster Sexay until 2004. And something I would change, there wasn't enough build for WCW here. I know that Shane is focused on the Big Show, and I think he tried to recruit Big Show to WCW being his first draft pick, but then Swerve Bro, Big Show would turn on him. The wheels were set in motion here. I mean, the WCW Big Wing was supposed to happen, had Fusion Media bought out. At this point, but there was nothing happening with World Championship Wrestling here, and it was just kind of laying dormant and put on the back burner. I would have had a bit more focus on that had I been, you know, in things. That's been it, folks, for this edition of the Fretzelmania podcast. Please listen to all of our other shows on the Wrestle Addict Radio Network. We are the cure for the common wrestling podcast, and we are. The Kings of the Rings podcast, the Young Lions perspective, and the Delight Show, as well as myself every week to give you fantastic and unique content. Tell all your friends, join our Patreon. It's only five bucks a month, folks. And find our merch on Teespring. Yours truly will have some fresh new stuff in the coming weeks, so keep an eye out for that. Thank you very much, everybody. I love yous. Good night. 
Oh, and by the way, thanks in advance for <laughs> the birthday wishes this week. Peace.